0: Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings of New Zealand show. I'm your host Dave Homewood. Th- this week we're talking with World War II fighter ace Owen Hardy, DFC and Bar. Welcome Owen. Oh, hello there. It's good to have you on the show. Um, we're going to talk today about your book, which is called Through My Eyes, uh, with the uh, subtitle Memories of a Life in the Royal Air Force in War and Peace. Can you tell me a little bit about the book, how it came about, and 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 what it's about, just for the listeners out there?
1: Well, I suppose, uh, really, I had a few moments uh, to spare on my hands, and uh, uh, without a, a great deal of ado, um, I uh, thought, well... <laughs> People had left so much of their lives behind in various ways. Yeah. Um, both uh, in uh, the, the work they'd done for the world and so on. Yeah. Uh, buildings and etc. Then uh, um, paintings and what have you. And yet I hadn't a thing to to uh, to uh, mark my life at all. And I thought, well, perhaps the children might like something. Right. And uh, I thought, well, the only thing that I know is that I knew some very good uh, people during the war. And I thought, well, perhaps it might be wise to write about them. And um, thus the book came about um, writing about my experiences with other people and uh, mainly to uh, pass on to the children to let them know that, in fact, I'd lived and done something, I hope, to to help the world along. But I'm beginning to wonder whether that's true or not now. (laughs)
0: Well, um, j- just to uh, put it into context, you joined the RNZAF in 1941, didn't you? Uh,
1: yes, uh, you know, at the age of, uh, 10 to age of 18 or thereabouts, but I'd always wanted to fly, I'd always been interested in aviation like most kids were in those days. Yep. And uh, I'd brought myself up on model airplanes, like most kids did during those days. And uh, when the war came along... Um, Uh, There was no really option but to to join the Air Force because in the offing there was going to be subscription anyway and the last thing I wanted to do was march around on my feet. Right. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And, of course, you always wanted to be a fighter pilot, didn't you? Once you got in there, you were hoping to get into that stream of...
1: Well, most of my... (laughs) Most of my interests as a boy had been reading about uh, the aces of the First World War and wondering who the heck these people were that were such miracle men. Yeah. Uh, yes, my leanings were in that direction. Right, so
0: you must have been really um, pleased to get onto the OTU in Britain and, and actually uh, onto fighters.
1: Oh yes, we eventually wound our way through Canada and onto... Uh, uh, onto England and uh, onto the the, the the miracle aircraft of that time, which was supposed to be the Spitfire.
0: Right, right. It
1: still is quite a miracle aircraft, isn't it? E- even today. Oh well, it's wonderful to see them flying around as we did uh, even uh, two days back. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, to yeah. see them flying around at for for us. Wasn't that a wonderful day? Yeah, it was great. Oh, it was a great day.
0: Great yeah. day out. Yeah, absolutely. And we're just uh, referring here to the seventy-first anniversary of the uh, um, four hundred and eighty-five squadron uh, at the annual reunion. Oh Fenoopi. yes,
1: well the, the the squadron name has been, as you probably know, been taken over by. Uh, for Nuify Air Force uh, uh, as a wing, and uh, it's great to have them uh, uh, take an interest in this. Absolutely, that's great, isn't it?
0: And and of course the squadron's been having reunions um, for a long, long time, haven't they? Oh yes,
1: but uh, um, they go right the way back uh, many years now, but uh, of course uh, because of the many years, uh, there's been many people falling off their perch, so there's a very few of, the of, of us left now. Yes, yeah. There
0: was five five veterans there on the weekend um, from only quite, five. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's still good to see the, the the turnout, and and I guess it must make it such a more memorable occasion to have two Spitfires there together. Oh, yeah. So it was great fun. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, speaking of the Spitfires, you were posted, f- when you finished your OTU squadron, you actually stayed with the OTU for a little bit, weren't you, um, tra- as, a, as an instructor? A- a- and then you went on to 72 Squadron.
1: That's right. Uh, the 72 Squadron was uh, then uh, uh, operating out of Biggin Hill, right, uh, which was, uh, at that time, Uh, And uh, virtually up until D-Day, the the premier fighter airfield of of, of Fighter Command. Right, right, absolutely.
0: It must have been quite a thrill to be uh, posted there, I guess oh well
1: yes as a young boy um you know when I say a young boy both young and in experience and, and certainly in age it was a great experience to be amongst the veterans that had been through the Bb and the rest of the rest of the war up till then right
0: right and of course um your book uh, details a lot of about the people you were with and one of the standout guys was brian Kingham
1: oh yes yeah. well he was a he was a well-known man during the Battle of Britain uh, very modest person um and a very experienced leader it was a privilege to uh, to be working alongside him right right and, and i guess um
0: with that experience that was in the squadron because you had was it seven battle of britain aces in the squadron i think was it or...
1: oh that was subsequently that was uh uh, after a after a period, of course, these the squadrons uh, during the war, after a period of operations, were were given what was called a, a rest. Right. They were they were taken out of the front line, the, the active front line that was in the sort of south south uh, east of England, and uh, taken up north. Well, this happened to us about the middle of 1942, and. Uh, uh, there was a big change in the squadron. It was taken over by another Battle of Britain, a uh, uh, very well-known fighter pilot. And uh, he built the squadron up. And right. by the time he built the squadron up uh, t- towards the uh, late uh, autumn of um, 1942, uh, there were seven Battle of Britain friends of his and uh, amongst the, the, the crew, yes. Wow. Uh, so, so that um, having
0: those sort of people around you, you must have learnt a lot just sitting around talking about tactics and various
1: things, I guess. Well, uh, oddly enough, people didn't talk a great deal about themselves or about what, uh, what, uh, what they'd experienced. Okay, okay. Uh, but we all, we all had respect for each other and relied on each other to help if we got into trouble.
0: Right, right. And, and I guess also that um, amount of experience around you gave you a bit of confidence as well.
1: Oh heck yes! I mean, uh, we were a pretty experienced squadron if if uh, at that time. Yeah. And of course, uh, 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 we didn't know it when 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 we were building up to that. But uh, we were eventually destined to go out to uh, North Africa uh, to, uh, for the first landings in. Uh, uh, on the north coast of Africa, and uh, eventually finishing up in Tunisia. Right, of course, yeah. And and you ended up being
0: the the really front line squadron. Where not you? You're ahead of the other squadrons. We
1: were, yes, the, the squadrons were leap, leapfrogged along the coast as the, as the army advanced or the navy took the army in uh, at, at um, intervals along the coast, the, land, uh, the landings along the coast. Yeah. We were jumped, uh, finally uh, jumped ahead right up into Tunisia itself and only a matter of about, what, uh, 60 miles from Tunisia itself, Right, the, the, the town of Tunis, uh, Tunis.
0: Right, right, okay. Uh, life in the desert, just living uh, in tents and in the, the the sand and all that sort of thing, you know, after England, uh,
1: was it hard to get used to? Oh, um, well, <laughs> the communications, as you imagine, virtually didn't exist, and yep. we had no virtual lines of communication to the headquarters or control, so uh, we were very much on our own as a unit. And... Uh, we worked very much uh, 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 from day to day, doing more or less what we thought was the right thing to do. And most of that, of course, was flying from virtually dawn to dark.
0: Right, right, okay. And there's a lot of uh, action out there too, wasn't there? You, you, you come across the, uh, the enemy a lot in the air, but they were also bombing you on the ground, weren't they?
1: Oh yeah, they were pretty active. Uh, we were up against some fairly good chaps, uh, of course, we were operating off uh, in the in the sort of latter stages from December on for next two or three months in uh, heavy mud, whereas they were able to operate off proper airfields up in their tunis and off the roads of course right uh, well we, we, we were um, we were hard put it was hard living for us and easy living really for them right, right, right and uh, eventually you got back
0: to britain and um and you joined with 485 squadron
1: oh I, I, yes uh, at the end of the tunisian campaign i went back to the uk and uh, paid the price of sitting there on a so-called rest for nine months at the use instructing yeah and uh after that uh, after that rest, uh, I bleated hard enough and got back onto a fighter squadron, which happened to be the New Zealand Fighter Squadron. Did you find
0: it uh, much different uh, in the way that a Kiwi squadron operated from being in a British squadron? Uh,
1: not really. Um, there were a lot of new New Zealanders, youngsters that had come out, uh, and uh, they didn't have a great number of or not great amount of experience right. at that particular time. So, yes, they were learning, and but learning fast. And of course, the the mode of operations was completely different than the uh, mode of operations that we had been carried out from England in 1942 over France. Uh, in that the, the the German Air Force was virtually non-existent in, in, in the um, uh, coastal areas of France, anyway. They were withdrawn back deep into Germany right, right. by that time. So uh, the type of operations we were doing was... Very rarely against air-to-air, air. it was mostly um, uh, air-to-ground and uh, knocking um, knocking whatever we could out on, on the road systems and the railways. Right,
0: right, okay. And of course you were involved in the, the D-Day operations, weren't you?
1: Yes, uh, the, the squadron was uh, very much involved. Right. I well, think it flew three times that day. Right, right. Were you flying that day? I flew once. It was the day. It was the time that the uh, the, the Luftwaffe put in a, a, a short appearance, and uh, uh, one of the uh, two of the chaps had uh, a, a, um, a bit of luck in knocking down some couple of eighty eights. And in fact, uh, uh, I saw one go in myself. So uh, right. um, it was. Uh, it was the first action by the Luftwaffe on D-Day, yes.
0: Right, right. Uh, some of the chaps who were at the reunion two days ago were in the squadron at
1: that time, weren't they? Ken Lee was there. Ken Lee was uh, with me. Yes, he was. A, he was a, um, with the squadron at that time. Yeah. But and, uh, the other two, of course. Uh, uh, were uh, well, I, I think um, I can't remember what Harvey Sweetman was doing. But he, he'd, he'd, he'd gone on to the typhoons,
0: and, then, didn't he? Uh, I don't know
1: whether he was in the D-Day either. Period.
0: Right, right. And, and um, was Jim Robinson with you at the at that time, or? No, 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 no. Okay, Um it must be quite an amazing feeling that all these years later, seventy-one years later, you guys are still getting together and meeting up. Um, like that uh, w- with a reunion, uh, did you ever sort of envisage that you would do that back in those days? That you keep on meeting up every year? Well, it
1: was uh, <laughs> the whole game of their of, of, uh, fighting and, and the, the sort of work we were doing from D Day onwards. It was a game of luck. Yes. Um, some people would like to think of it was skillful, but in, in fact it was basically luck that we managed to survive. And uh, it was—it's uh, a pleasure to be able to uh, renew acquaintances with the chaps who had luck like me right. to survive. Right, right.
0: Now, of course, after the war, you stayed on, or you went into the RAF, didn't you?
1: Eventually, yes, after a short period at university, um, which uh, wasn't wasn't a great success, (laughs) uh, I managed to return to the Royal Air Force and I spent most of my, uh, a large amount of my life with the Royal Air Force.
0: Right, and I I believe uh, you were uh, flying vampires and led the vampire display team in Germany, didn't you?
1: Uh, Well, at that particular time of going back, they were the Air Force was switching over to jets, Yeah, the first jets that, uh, jet aircraft, the fighter aircraft that were, uh, came out, and uh, in my case it happened to be vampires, and, uh, uh, well, there wasn't a great deal that one could do, uh, in those days, but it was, um, uh, of course, back to, um, more or less showing the Air Force off again, and the way to do that was to put on air displays, and, uh, the squadrons that I happened to be with at the time were very skilled in formation aerobatics and eventually I finished up uh, for a couple of years going around Europe with a with an aerobatic team. Right, right. That's
0: fantastic. And of course all these stories are in your book and, and very detailed it is too. And uh, well, one of the things that I really like about your book is that you, you detail a lot of stuff that most people gloss over when they write their autobiographies. So as you said to me the other day, you... you not so interested in talking about how many dog fights you had and all, all of the 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 battle side of it it's more about the people and and the life isn't it uh
1: yes as i said at the beginning it was really the people that i'd met and and the uh incidents that happened and uh uh, to show what the life was like uh, for us at that time. It was a very exciting period, really, yes. uh, for people like myself who were in, in the Air Force because the Air Force was going through a very, a, a great uh, change, really, changing over from the old piston type of aircraft to, to uh, jet aircraft, which was, uh, at that time, uh, getting to the supersonic stage uh, eventually. Right, right. Well, did you um,
0: fly uh, anything like that, the supersonic stuff?
1: Well, yes, I flew the American Sabre and also the, uh,
0: the, the
1: the British Hunter aircraft, and both of those were supersonic.
0: Right, so you've actually passed through the sound barrier yourself? Well, I can hardly
1: say. I've been there, and I've perhaps uh, tripped through slightly on the other side, but... <laughs> Those <laughs> aircraft could not go no further. They could get there and just get through it, and that was about all. Right, right, right.
0: Okay. Well, what do you think was the your favourite aircraft that you flew through your career?
1: Oh, I think uh, as far as flying goes, as uh, the feel of flying, the thrill of flying, was the old Tiger Moth that we trained on in Canoea, uh, Fly here. Right. Right. Okay. Way back in in nineteen forty forty one. Right, okay. Yeah, um, a lot of people say that, that,
0: they just absolutely love the Tiger Moth.
1: Oh, you, you had the thrill of flying, you had the, the wind in your face, and uh, the aeroplane did what you wanted it to do, but uh, you had to do it yourself, it wouldn't do it itself, so you had to fly it right And uh, it was a gentlemans little aeroplane and life didn't go so fast that uh, you weren't able to observe what, what you were doing or what you were flying over. I mean it was, uh, it was rather a gentleman and little aircraft and you could look around and enjoy the, 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 the experience of flying. Right
0: right. And when it comes to the Spitfires, which was your favorite mark?
1: Well, I didn't get to the top marks like the uh, the, 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 the real high-powered engines and stuff. The, the Spitfire 9 was about the highest I got, and uh, they were the sort of pack horse of the Air Force yep. in the in forty two, forty three, forty four to the end of the war. They were the the pack horse of the fighter aircraft for the Royal Air Force, and you, of
0: course, were one of the um, few people who got to fly the Mark Nine in the desert, were not you? Uh,
1: w- w- well, yes, because they were they were to such demand in Europe. Um, very few squadrons were equipped with them in in uh, in the Mediterranean. Right, and uh, the, the, our particular squadron, Number Seventy Two Squadron. Uh, it happened to be one that was equipped, but uh, we were only equipped uh, during the latter half of the campaign in Tunisia. Yes, yes. Did, did it make a a big difference? Uh... Oh, oh yes. I mean, a tremendous amount of difference. Far greater speed, far rate, better rate of climb, a heavier armament, a longer, longer firepower. Uh, you were able more or less to compete equally with uh, what the Germans had at that time.
0: Right, okay. Um, Now, um, just getting back to the book itself, uh, the the way that you have had it published, it's through Lulu, and people can buy it
1: online, can't they? Uh, Yes, unfortunately, it's tucked away in in a lot of microchips somewhere in in a computer system, um, and I'm not a computer boy. um, And it's a bit difficult to uh, let people know where it is unless they know where and how to get it. It's... it's, uh, it, it doesn't publicize itself, but uh, it, 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 you can get it in two forms. One, one you can download it, yep. and the other, you can you can order it. And, uh, they come in from America. It's printed in America. The ones that come here, anyway, the ones in Europe are printed in the UK. Right. It's printed in America, and it comes out in about uh, five days or six days from ordering it.
0: Oh, that's, that's good. Uh, and the, the website that people need to go to is www.lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U dot com. Uh, and if they just go to Lulu and search for Owen
1: Hardy, your books come up. And Well, uh, well I think it's much simpler than that. I, I'm not sure now, but I think it's simpler. You just go to Lulu, yeah. um, type in the um, uh, self... Uh, self-publishing books uh, then type in my name and it should
0: come up yes yes that's right and um and of course as you say there's two versions
1: there there's um the paper yes I, I can't remember The it, it, it's uk price 15 pounds for the book and of course then the postage uh, that's a bit a bit more expensive uh and it had it on Right. It comes to about forty dollars out here, I think. You can download it, and that's at, uh, that's ten pounds. I don't know what that costs in the uh, U in um, uh, in uh, dollars here. Not very much, I suppose, about twenty five dollars.
0: Yes, yeah, right. Um, but people can certainly uh, f- they they will be able to find the link to this uh, directly from our uh, our Wings Over New Zealand show website. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Fine.
0: Yeah. Um, Is there any sort of final uh, uh, thoughts that you have that you you want to tell people about uh, your book or your career before we finish up? Oh,
1: I I don't know. I think I've covered it fairly clearly in my my book. Um, From my point of view, um, uh, a lot of people judge uh, fighter people by the number of aircraft supposedly that they've shot down. But... It is a very, very doubtful way of of judging whether a a, a person has been a good fighter pilot or not or has done a good job. I mean, lots of people never shot a thing down and yet they did an excellent job to help the war along with fighter aircraft.
0: Right, right. That's a very good point you make. That's a really good point. Um, I I mean, I've talked to a lot of fighter pilots and some of them have never even... um, as I say ne- never shot down one aircraft but they are still um, they've still got an amazing story to tell and, and they, they did their bit just as much as the guy next to them so I, I see exactly what you're saying there
1: Yes well, of course um, perhaps I should like to say here that fighter pilots got a lot of attention during the war especially during the Battle of Britain but the people who really who really did the job and uh, rarely had a chance of surviving because of the luck that I was saying. Well, the chaps who went to bomber command and flew bombers, right? Um, uh, they rarely ever got past about six months. Right. Um, from my own people in my own course that I trained with who went to bomber command, I don't think one... In fact, I'm pretty certain not one survived the war. Wow. Um, and they're the people that really um, should have got the credit, but unfortunately didn't.
0: Well, that's amazing. It's really good to see that finally there's a Bomber Command Memorial um, being put up in London. It'll be open in June. Well, uh,
1: well, it's taken all this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you see, during the Battle of Britain, there was a... a um, A medal. It was a class struck for the people that had been in the Battle of Britain. Yeah. But not one thing, one medal or or um, thanks was struck for the people who went into bombers and who who flew bombers. Yeah, that's amazing. And yet they were the people who, day in and day out, were the inevitable result at the end of it of of not coming back. uh, Were the people that did most to help the war along. Yeah.
0: Yep. Anyway, on that note, uh, Owen, I think we should probably um, say thank you very much for, for joining us today on the show. and. Well, it was very kind
1: of you to ring, and it was nice to see you the other day. Yeah,
0: it was good to see you. I hope I might catch you again next year.
1: Well, uh, I hope by then that I shall be back in England with my family, ah, with right. my children. Right, right. Cool. Uh, the only, only family that I've got is, uh, live over there now. Right, okay. Yep. Well, oh, well, maybe we'll catch up sometime
0: anyway. Well, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks uh-huh. a lot, and I well, hope that this might sell you sell
1: a few more books for you. Well, that's very kind of you to uh, to offer, and uh, as I said, I, I, I was glad to hear you say that you enjoyed uh, the, the one that
0: I sent you. Yes, oh, it's a great book. It really is an excellent book. But no, no, okay. No oh, well, thank you very much, Owen. And you oh, take no, thank you. Cheers. All the best. All, all the best, yes. Right, bye-bye. S- see you again. Bye. That was the Wings over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood